28, the Bible says, for it is in him that we live, we move, and have our very being. It is an honor, it is a privilege to be able to uh, be in the house of the Lord on this morning. Welcome to those who are viewing on Facebook Live uh, at this time, those who will view by other social media platforms. We are so thankful to the God of heaven that he has blessed us to just be alive uh, on today. And uh, it's always a blessing to be uh, with the people of God. There is no other group of people that is more important in life uh, to us and to the Lord uh, than those that are called the children of God. It's good to see those who have come uh, to the building on this morning, all of the uh, the men were asked to be here uh, on this morning, and of course, all of our men are not here this morning, but we do have a good group that are, and uh, our sisters and children were asked to stay back, and we made mention that we don't get comfortable in this setting uh, because this is only temporary. It is not permanent. It is only temporary, so don't, don't unpack your bags. Uh, just uh, keep everything packed, but it's good to see those who are here, and um, even those who are visiting with us this morning, we welcome you uh, to our worship uh, on today. I would ask that you be so kind, be finding Psalms, the book of Psalms 1, Psalm 1, and I will begin the reading at verse number, number 1, Psalm 1. And we will begin that reading at verse number one. The Bible says, blessed are blessed, whichever way you desire to pronounce that word. He says, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of scornful but his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law do it he meditate day and night and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bring it forth his fruit in his season his leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. I want to talk to us this morning for a short time on the subject title, You Shall Be Like a Tree. You Shall Be Like a Tree. Now the book or the volumes of book uh, is called Psalms. But when you look at Psalm, uh, it is broken down into a number of books, Psalms 1 to the last Psalm. When you look at Psalms, this entire book or volumes of books deals with songs of ascents. Uh, that means that they would sing as they would go up. Songs of ascents, so ascents actually means to go upward. The people of God, every time they would travel to Jerusalem, they would come near to the temple 
they had to go upward. Psalms is also made up of these Psalms of the sons of Korah. Uh, the sons of Korah were, if you don't mind, they were like a chorus group. They were like an early type of choir, if you will. The book is also made up of the writings of King David. Then it's made up of the writings of Solomon, one of the sons of King David. And then also, it is also comprised of some of the writings of Moses. But here you see that the contents of the book of Psalms is from a much larger groups than some other groups. And when you look at the totality of the book of Psalms, it can be considered and called the book of worship. You cannot study worship. You cannot study true worship, genuine worship, without studying the book of Psalms. And so when you go to verse number one, the Bible says, blessed is the man. That walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. The first word you see in Psalm 1-1 is the word blessed. That word blessed is from the Hebrew word asherah. That word means to be fortunate. It means to, to be privileged. And so whatever follows this word blessed, Paul or rather the Hebrew or the psalmist is telling us here that that person is not only fortunate, but that person is privileged. This word, Asherah, is the equivalent word to the word you see in Matthew chapter 5, which is the Hebrew or Greek word, Macarius. Now, you don't need to know the word, but that word here means happy. And so all uh, is the psalmist is telling us here is this, is what Jesus meant in Matthew chapter 5 with the Beatitudes when he says, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall be merciful or have mercy come in their lives. And so if you give mercy, you shall receive mercy. Paul tells us in his writings about certain things that how we ought to be instructed how to live for the king and how to live for Jesus and how to live with the Holy Spirit of God. And so this morning, as we look at these verses, verses 1, 2, and verse 3, he says, Blessed are the man or the man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of the sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Notice the progression. The first thing you start doing is you start walking with them. The next thing you start doing, you start standing with them. And then the next thing, you get so comfortable, you start sitting down with them. So he says, blessed or fortunate or, or privileged is the man who what? Who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Don't function, don't operate by the counsel, by the way, or the seat of wrong people. Three things the psalmist stresses here in Psalm 1. He says, don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Why is it that ungodly people like to give godly advice? And why is it that godly people seek godly advice from ungodly individuals? Here the Bible says that blessed is the man that walketh what? Not 
in the counsel of the ungodly. In other words, he's saying that you ought to avoid thinking like the ungodly. In the second case, as we deal with the don'ts, he says, don't stand in the way of the sinners. In other words, avoid behaving like sinners. And so in this point number one, as we deal with the here, uh, the psalmist is trying to get us to understand that when we don't do this, we are going to be happy, our lives are going to be fortunate, and we are going to be what? Considered privileged. And so he says here, don't stand in the way of the sinners, avoid behaving like them. But then he says, lastly, don't sit in the seat of the scornful. Notice the progression here again. You start walking with them. You start standing with them. And then you get so relaxed that you start sitting with them. That it, it does not become a problem anymore because the ways uh, of the becomes your ways and the ways uh, of the ungodly man become your ways. And then he says you are sure enough in a bad place when you start sitting down with the scornful. Now the scornful, uh, the word is the word said. But it is, it means an arrogant fool. It's an arrogant fool who refuses discipline. And he refuses correction. And so if you come to that person and you tell him, God says this, and he says, I'm not worried about God. Matter of fact, there, there is no God. Well, that's an arrogant fool. And God tells us and he tells me, don't you get so comfortable where you start relaxing your spirituality and you start and you start hanging out with these individuals like it's nothing and so he says over here avoid dealing with the wicked and so he says don't walk don't stand and don't sit he says avoid thinking like the ungodly he says avoid behaving like the sinner he says, avoid dealing with the wicked. And I want you to see how the psalmist, how, how the writing progresses. He, he talks about the walking, the standing, and the sitting. But he talks about the ungodly, the sinner. And then he says, lastly, they are considered to be wicked. Those are the don'ts. He says, if you don't, if you don't, if you don't do these things, he says, your life is going to consider to be a blessed fortunate, privileged, happy kind of life. You hear people sometimes and they say, you know, my life is a living hell. You know, I'm experiencing this, I'm experiencing that in my life. And you ask them, well, what kind of life are you living? You start paying attention to the people that they're hanging around with. You start looking at the certain kinds of groups that they're in. And you start seeing who they hang out with. And then you can understand why their life is not fortunate. Why their life, life is not blessed. Why their life is not considered to be privileged because the kind of people you hang around with is the kind of things that are going to happen to you. So he says those are considered to be the don'ts. But watch point number two, the do's. I like this one here. He says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. I know it's cold outside, but it don't have to be cold up in here. 
Amen, somebody. I, I know what it is. Brothers and sisters are not here this morning, but it's all right. It's all good. I'm only messing. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. The psalmist says he, he does not live like a sinner. He does not live like the ungodly. He does not live like the wicked. But he says he does not do those things, but he does these things. But his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law. Do it, he meditate day and night. I want you to know, he says, my delights, this psalmist, my delights is in the law of the Lord. He get his joy from the law of the Lord. He does not get his joy from hanging with the sinners. He does not get his joy by hanging with the ungodly. He does not get his joy by hanging with the wicked. But he says he get his delight or joy by reading the word of the Lord. Anybody in here, it's joy because you're reading or discussing the word of God. The psalmist says here, he says if you're getting your joy out there in the world, he says that you're missing it. He says your joy should be in the Lord. And he says, delight, his delight is in his law, the law of the Lord. You know, our enjoyment, our fulfillment should be in the law of the Lord. I, I should not want to run the streets to be fulfilled. I should not want to run behind skirts to feel fulfilled. I should not want to get drunk and hang out at the bars with my so-called friends to be fulfilled. I should not want to live an ungodly life just to have enjoyment. He says, uh-uh. He says, my enjoyment comes because from the law of the Lord. He says, he meditates. He meditates. Hagar is the word. He says he meditated. It means to murmur. It means to, to speak out loud. It means to ponder. He says, he says, but he meditate. How often? Day. Listen, if you're going to have enjoyment and fulfillment in life, you're going to have to spend time with God. You're going to have to spend time with God. And I like what the psalmist says here. He says he meditate how, how day and night. You have to meditate. You have to spend time with God in the daytime and the nighttime. And he says, what you don't do in the daytime, you, you'll miss in the daytime. You see, if you meditate in the day and don't meditate in the night, you'll meditate in the day and you'll go astray in the night. That's why he tells you, meditate when? Day and night. Because if your mind is not on God's word, then your mind is going to be on this world. You have to meditate day and night. Because you're trying to keep your what? Your mind together. You're trying to keep your steps in the word of the Lord. And so David says here that you ought to spend time with God in the daytime and in the nighttime. 
Where are you spending? Where are you spending your time? And he says, he meditate day and he meditate in the night. He said, those are the dues. He says, you ought to get delight, but your delight should come from the law of the Lord. And I meditate upon the law of the Lord each and every day, each and every night. Make it a habit of yours to study, to read, to meditate, to ponder on the word of God just like you do uh, in the morning and at noon and at and the evening when you eat your food, even a... On a rush, make sure you get the word of God in when you're rushing to go to work in the morning. Sometimes you grab a snack. If you can't sit down and dine with the word of God, uh, grab a snack. But put something in you. Grab a snack and grab it on the go. But make sure that you take the word of God wherever you go each and every night. I want you to know, he says, my delight it's in the law of the Lord. He says, I meditate upon it every day. And he said, I meditate on it every, every night. And David can tell us why it was so important for him to meditate day and night. Because when you are not meditating on God, your mind will be meditating on something else. But God's word will keep you what? Focused. It'll keep you in line. It'll keep you going in the right direction. And then, and then, and then point three, point number three. You know, in the first point, we talk about the don'ts. You know, God is saying, don't you be about that life. Huh? You ever heard people talk about that? You're not about that life? You see, if you're going to be a child of God, you have to make up your mind what kind of life you want to live. You can't be about that life and then try to be about this life. You're going to have to make up your mind. And then he says you're going to have to do the things that God requires. You're going to have to do the do. Amen, somebody. You're going to have to do the do. You're going to have to do those things uh, that is going to bring true joy, true enjoyment. Now, let's keep this thing real this morning. When you out there, or should I say when you used to be out there sinning, you used to get some enjoyment from that. Come on, somebody. Yeah, you used to get some enjoyment with hanging out and doing sinful stuff. But the problem with that is it was never fulfilling. But when you do it God's way, it will not only be in, uh, enlightened and fulfilled, but it will bring joy to your life. Why? Because you know that if you ever have to leave this world, that you've been living right. And because you've been living right, you can die with a smile in your heart because you know you've been doing the right thing. Point three, he says, he says, that's on me. I, I like that right there. Because God says in point one, don'ts, that's on you. See, you're responsible for the don'ts. You're responsible not to walk with 
the ungodly. You are responsible not to stand with the sinner. You are responsible not to sit with the scornful. That's on you. God ain't going to come down and work with us or in that. That's on you. And then he talks about the dues. He says, my delight is in the law. That's on you and that's on me. You and I will have to take the word of God and read it every day. And God says uh, in point one, when you do the don'ts, uh, in point two, when you do the do's, he says point three, he said, that's on me, baby. Oh, I wish I had a church with me this morning. Oh, that's yellow bees. I wish I had. He says, that's on me. You, you're not going to do this one here. He said, but you take care of point one and point two. He said, that's on me. Watch verse number three. And he shall be like a, and he shall be like a, like a tree. Brothers, we need to, we need to be like a tree. Sisters, we ought to be like a tree. God says when you do the don'ts and you take care of the do's, God says I'll make sure that your life will be like a tree. I want you to know you shall be like a tree. You know, a tree is stable. A tree is well nourished. A tree is fruitful. A tree is prosperous. A tree provides shade, not for itself, but it provides shade for somebody else. You see, a tree, when it's stable, the Bible says that a double-minded is unstable in not some of his ways, but he's unstable in all of his ways. He's right here today. He's over there tomorrow. He's over yonder the next day. He never can plant his foot somewhere and allow it to take root. And so he says, be like a tree. Be stable. Your life ought to be stable. And then he says you ought to be well nourished. You'll look like you're healthy. You'll look like you're healthy. You know, I was telling Brother Bailey the other day, you know, a tree, a tree can deceive you. A tree can actually be dead and still standing. Because, you see, God, God uses these metaphors in the Bible to show us and to share with us how he wants us to be. He says, be like a what? Like a tree. Because it's stable. It is well nourished. And then a tree is fruitful. It produces fruit. We, you and I ought to produce the fruit of the Spirit. We ought to look like God. We ought to act like God. We ought to talk like God. We ought to have the love of God. We ought to have meekness of God. We have self-temperance of God. In other words, our lives should be what? Fruitful. Be like a tree. And then your life should be prosperous. God says you're going to get everything you need. Somebody used the verse this morning. I think it might have been Brother Steph or somebody else. That when you seek the kingdom, all of these things shall be what? Added unto you your life is going to be prosperous you know not only you will get the things you need but then God will allow your life to overflow your cup will overflow anybody in here don't raise your hand you got 
barely enough. You're just making it. You ain't got no, no cereal to share with nobody else. You don't have no milk to share with nobody else. You don't have a pair of shoes to share with nobody else. You don't have an extra car to share with nobody else. You don't have an extra suit to give somebody else. You don't have enough extra bread to share. My point is our cups is running over. You don't just have barely enough. Some of us have more than enough. In other words, God uh, prosper you when you are a tree. And then lastly, I made mention that, that it provides shade. It provides shade. You know, a tree is not providing the shade for itself. The tree is not providing the shade for itself. In other words, God is saying that you are going to be like a tree. You are going to provide shade for somebody else. You are going to provide protection for somebody else. You are going to provide need for somebody else. You shall be like a what? A tree. You know, in closing, there's a tree that is called the Baobab tree. Some of you all might have read about the Baobab tree. I'm not going to tell you all about it. I wish I had the time to tell you about the Baobab tree. But the Baobab grows in South Asia. Some of them grow over in Africa. It's a long life tree. You ought to be like a tree. The Baobab is a long life tree. It, it, can, it can survive for 5,000 years. Y'all, I want you to know something, you and I or to be like the Baobab, but even better than him. Because not only God will give us long life when we obey him, but God will give us eternal life in the life that is to come. And then there's another tree. He's called the Redwood. Some of y'all probably read about the Redwood. Well, the Redwood is found in California. And God has placed in this tree, in its leaves, in its branches, in its bark, chemicals. And the chemicals in the redwood tree that grows way up in the air, the chemicals allow it to, to have uh, the insects cannot uh, take over this tree. Fungi cannot take over this tree because how God has put natural chemicals in this tree. And then the bark of the redwood, the bark holds uh, a large amount of water, that this tree becomes fireproof. You know, if you're a member of the Lord's church, the Bible tells us, teaches us that the church is, is hell-proof. You know, those of us who will live in Christ and the blood of Christ covers us, will become hell-proof. I wish I had the time to tell you more about the redwood, but then there's the giant sequoia. You probably heard about the giant Sequoia, they said it's the biggest tree in the world. People come over to the giant sequoia and, and they get emotionally caught up. Why? Because how gigantic it is and how enormous this tree is. And I want you to know today that you and I ought to get emotional when we see how enormous our God is over our small problems. We ought to see how, how big God is to our small problems. That when we see how gigantic our God is to our small problems, we ought to become emotional because we see how big God really is to the small things we face down here on earth. And then not only this giant sequoia, there's another tree that is called the coconut palm. The coconut palm, y'all, 
is one of the palm trees out of 1,500 different species. But the coconut palm is the only tree that produces coconut. I want you to know today, if you have one coconut tree at your house, and you probably don't, that tree will produce 25 to 75 coconuts in that year. I'm telling you, if you have coconut trees and you pass it down to your children, they pass it down to their children, your house is going to be blessed for generations because you make big money with coconuts. I stopped by today to tell you, if you're a child of God, be like a tree. Just like the family with the coconut trees can be blessed for generations, the Bible says you and I are chosen generation, a built-up spiritual house. I want you to know that there's another tree. It's called the hyperin tree. It is the tallest tree in the entire world. It is even taller than the redwood. The hyperin tree grows 380 feet in the air. This tree has to be kept a secret. In California's National Park, they can't even tell people where the tree is because they're trying to protect the tallest trees that grows in the world. You know, it's a secret. You don't know where the tree is. I stopped by to tell you today, thank God we serve a God who knows the secret things of life. God knows the secret things of life. If you want to know the secret things of life, God knows the secret things of life. I don't have the time to tell you about some other trees, but there's a mangrove tree. Oh, you should see this tree. The mangrove tree is a tree that grows on the edge of a body of water. You ought to live your life on the edge. And when I say live your life on the edge, you ought to live your life by faith. The mangrove tree is a tree that has roots. The roots does not grow under the water. They grow on top of the water. And when you see the mangrove tree, the roots are all twisted up around each other. And the reason why the roots grow on top of the water is because the oxygen cannot get to the roots because the water cuts off the oxygen supply and so God allowed this tree to grow on top of the water where the roots are receiving the oxygen and I stopped by today to tell you you ought to be glad this morning because God provides you with oxygen each and every day of your life you don't pay for it you don't rent it you don't lease it it's free matter of fact you don't have enough money to pay for the oxygen supply that you have. But as I close this morning, I want to tell you about the sable tree. It's a palm tree. It grows over on the tropic islands. And when you look at this particular palm tree, it grows and the stalk is naked. There are no branches on the stalk. It's bushy head as it grows about 50 to 70 feet in the air. If it grows in the jungle, it might reach 90. But its head is about 12 to 15 feet. It has a long, stalky, but it's no branches bottom. And at the top of its bushy hair, you see that its branches will spread out from about 12 to 15 feet wide. This tree, they say, 
that it is hurricane proof. It can take up winds up to 145 miles an hour. I like this palm tree because what happens with the palm tree? The palm tree will go deep into the ground. Its roots will go deep into the ground. And once it go deep into the ground, it will reach out inside of the ground. And when it goes in the ground and reach out, it will wrap itself around the rocks that are found in the ground. And then what I like about it is, after it wraps around the rocks, it will reach out and extend itself to the next palm tree. And what it does, it grabs hold to the next roots on the palm tree. And it ties its roots together. That when the hurricanes of life come, the palm tree is so bendable. You see, church, the palm tree is rubbery, if you will. It's rubbery. It's head, you can see it, when its winds are blowing 140, 145, the palm tree, its head will almost touch the ground. Though the palm tree will bend, it will not break. Church, I want you to know you might bend, but don't break. And what it does is he goes down into the ground. Church, you got to plant your roots deep into the word of the living God. Church, you got to plant your roots where it can grab across the rock, Jesus Christ, our Savior. And then I like this this morning because we got a number of men here. When your roots run deep and they stretch out wide, they ought to catch hold to something else. Each brother should wrap around the other brother's roots. That brother takes his roots and wraps it around the next brother's roots. And that brother takes his roots and he wraps it around the next brother's roots. And then that brother takes his roots and he wraps it around the next brother's root. Church, I want you to know when the storms of life will come, and they will, when they come, the reason why we will bend but not break is because our roots are caught up with the rock called Jesus Christ, our Savior. We will not break because our roots is wrapped around brothers and sisters in Christ. Though our heads will almost touch the ground, though we may bend, but I stopped by today to tell you, we shall not break. Church, be like a tree because God knows that the tree is one of the strongest living things that grows on the earth. And I don't know where you are this morning, but I'm so thankful that there's another tree. They call it the tree of life. Revelation says that both sides of the crystal clear sea in heaven that comes out from the throne of God, there's a river that comes out. And on either side of the river, there's a tree. And the Bible says this tree is the tree of life. And the Bible says that this tree bears 12 manners of fruit. And he says this tree. That the leaves are good for the healing of the nation. Probably wouldn't go in heaven. But there's a tree that's called the tree of life. And on that tree they got 12 different kinds.
kinds of fruit. The Bible says, not the fruit, the Bible says that the leaves are good for the healing of the nation. Y'all, all the mother trees I named might be some great trees, but they ain't got a tree like the tree of life. And thankful that God has given us Jesus, our tree, who died on the tree on Calvary, that you and I might have eternal life. The only thing that brought Jesus down to the ground was a tree. I want you all to know today that the thing that will cause you and I to live is a tree, and it is called the tree of life. If you're not a child of God this morning, you come by hearing his word, believing the same, repenting of your sins, confessing Christ, putting them on in water, baptism for the remission of your sins. If you're a child of God, you stand in need of prayer. We'll pray for you on today.